Hi, I'm Dave O'Neill. I'm Kitty Flanagan, and we're from the Sweet and Salty Roundabout, also known as The, the junkies. junkies. So please tune in. If you're listening to Ingridopedia with uh, Ben and Emily, you'll probably like our show. Yeah. We do. We talk about lollies, chips, chocolate. Yeah. They probably talk about better food than we oh, do. They've a better got some, class of food. They've got some great episodes here. I've yeah. just been having a bit of a listen. Very good. In fact, I'm going to steal some of the ideas. Anyway, whatever. If you need a sugary break, switch yeah. over to The Junkies. The Junkies, where you find all your podcasts. You're listening to Ingridopedia Bites, an interview series where we ask all the big questions and pry into the fridges, freezers and kitchen cupboards of some of our favourite foodies. Today, we're snooping in the kitchen of culinary journalist and presenter Sophia Levin. She's written for Good Food, SBS Food and Broadsheet, among others, and basically has the terrible job of travelling the world eating delicious things. Her own website, Season Traveller, celebrates diversity and culture through food and has recently published interesting articles like What ChatGPT Means for Food Writing and an article about Colombian hot chocolate with cheese. Here's Sophia. Okay, Sophia, thank you for joining us on Ingridopedia Bites. Um, my first question, what was the last thing you ate? The last thing I ate was dinner. I'm not much of a breakfast gal, um, unless it's really, really exciting, which often I find it's not. So the last thing I ate was dinner last night. I was in, which is rare. And I had my go-to, which is rice and eggs and whatever else is delicious and in the fridge. So just simple, simple stuff with all the condiments. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of condiments are we talking Oh, I've got some good ones at the moment uh, because I, I did a, a food tour recently and went out to go and visit Shay in Cockatoo. So I hosted a group of people there and everyone just walked out with half of her fridge. So <laughs> I had some uh, gochujang, which just tastes absolutely nothing like the stuff that you buy from the Asian grocer or the supermarket. It's a completely different experience. and. I'm obsessed with it. I can actually eat it by the spoonful and I'm trying to ration it slowly so that it doesn't run out too quickly. So good. So good. All right. So you do lots of traveling. I'm keen to know what's your favorite snack to eat on a plane? Oh, I actually can answer this uh, because I've, I've got a new one, uh, which is a very particular Spanish crisp called Pafritas. A little bit of bias there because uh, I may or may not be in a relationship with the guy who imports them, but it's been... <laughs> really beneficial for many reasons but probably the main one being that i now have constant access to these crisps which are just next level and really special are they the ones in the tin that's what everyone says they're not they're far far better okay (laughs) i'll have to check them out interesting um sophia we feel lucky to have got you in between international jaunts um what is the best thing that you have eaten while traveling no, I can't answer that. That's so mean. I have to just default to something that's recent that left an impression, which is okay. a very politically correct answer. I should have been a politician, <laughs> which is so I'm not going to answer your question, but I'm going to yeah. answer another one that you haven't said. Perfect. Um, I'll vote for you. Yeah, great. Thank you. Please do. There'll be lots, lots of eating involved. <laughs> something I ate really recently that I've 
I was just obsessed with and then kept looking for everywhere. Uh, Greek capers, caper berries, caper leaves. So when I was in Greece recently on some little lesser known islands, they're just growing so abundantly. So you're, you're driving down the street or walking down the street and you've just got these little old ladies picking the capers from the bushes, which are just growing between cracks in the road and they're nearly getting run over. But they're just so abundant. And as a result of that, they're served really generously. Um, I grew up eating caper berries, just like the supermarket ones, out of the jar from the fridge. That was my kind of go-to kid snack, which is really weird for a child. <laughs> but I love those really salty saline flavours. And so in Greece, in particular parts of Greece especially, they serve what they call a caper salad. And if you've ever been to Greece and, and looked at the English version of a menu, whatever they say salad, it kind of just means dip. And so it was essentially a lot of crushed caper berries, like big ones with their leaves that had been all brined together, sort of half smushed and just served in this bowl, you know, like a, like a big cereal bowl kind of size, and then just uh, crushed garlic all over it just served with really crusty bread and lots and lots of olive oil and it's just yeah that that's the noise it's so delicious <laughs> i'm making my own mouth water yeah. as i'm describing it and um, you can you can buy them in jars and uh over there but it's it's not quite the same because you know you have to wrap it in all your clothes and make sure it doesn't break and there's only so much you can get back but mm. i want to try and grow them here we don't quite have the mediterranean climate but it's, it was just such a treat so that capers Oh, my snack. <laughs> it's the short version. How about um, the best food city in the world? What do you reckon it is? Melbourne. Ooh, interesting. <laughs> A little bit of bias there, maybe. Uh, I, I love Melbourne because you can have anything here and it's going to be really good because our standards are so high and per capita we just have so many restaurants and cafes and places to get a little snack and interesting grocers serving food so I'm I'm a big Melbourne fan and whenever I go away coming home just like oh we're lucky we do it so well here um but in in terms of struggling to find anything bad I think and it's it's a bit of an obvious one but Tokyo has got to be right up there in so much as you can go to the, the Lawson or the 7-Eleven type store and just get a sandwich or a little sushi roll or something and it's going to be just so good. Any snack there is just, oh, my gosh. So that would be up there too. Mm. Like that's dangerous. Like wh why are they so good at like every kind of food everywhere? It's just like, yeah, it's insane that their convenience stores are so good. Blows my mind. So good. I think it must just be the extension of people specialising in what they do. So I imagine they're sourcing the, you know, perfect chocolate pan white bread egg sandwiches from one company that makes them. And they're also sourcing the candy, even if it's kind of meant to be shitty candy, from the company that specialised in them for 50 years. Um, so I don't know, maybe, maybe just doing one thing and one thing well and then having a place where you can buy all the things that are fastidiously made. That's my that's my running theory. I think I'll have to go back to test it out. <laughs> yeah, that's imperative. We, we might need you to can come, come with you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, Sophia, I feel like you you answered the the uh, the childhood version of this one, but I'm keen to know if it's still the case. What do you like to eat from the jar or tin? Is it still caper caper berries, or do you have other go tos? I still love caper berries 
<laughs> I don't mind the old pickled onion, which is pretty hardcore. It's like makes me feel like I'm having a Gibson in the middle of the day. <laughs> um, and any anything seafood. So uh, anchovies. I had this one of the best gifts I've ever received. It was someone brought back. I don't even remember where it was from. Um, just a huge round tin like a big disc of anchovies and it took me so long to finish them and I was not holding back but I would just go in grab a forkful or I'd just boil an egg cut an egg in half anchovy on top salt or some kind of a little sprinkle whatever was lying around and just whole half in my mouth no no worries I've seen those tins. I really want them. Like I thought you were going to say, than... I've seen you do that. <laughs> I know. It was not nice to look at. So, I'm sorry. I don't remember putting that on Instagram. <laughs> I have nothing but respect for anchovies consumed in whatever ever method. <laughs> yeah, no judgment here. All right. What are you always craving? The salt. I'm such a salty gal. And it's really interesting because I think up until my late 20s, um, early 30s, yeah, no, I can say early 30s for a couple, a couple more years, <laughs> at least. Uh, I was, I'd have cravings for chocolate, sweet things after dinner or after spicy food, which I still do a little bit. But I don't know, it just disappeared. Maybe it's a, an age thing or a hormone thing. And so, yeah, now I will go into the fridge and eat anchovies from a tin instead of scoops of ice cream or whatever it is I used to do. Um, so I, I really do crave salt. Uh, the more chili I have, the more I want it. So if there's ever an especially good chili crisp in my fridge, because I can't walk out of a grocer without buying at least two new condiments, it's just a, it's an actual addiction. Um, I'll, I'll be spooning that onto absolutely everything. So chili and salt. The classics. <laughs> uh, okay. What is the best thing in your freezer? Probably the, the thing that I think is the best whenever anyone else pulls out, they're like, what the hell are these? Are um, fish balls, frozen fish balls. are the really bouncy ones that you can use in hot pot or just add to soup or any kind of instant noodles that just make it a little bit more fun. Um, but because they come in this terrible, like big bag packaging, I'll, I'll decant them into something that stacks more easily. So they're not labeled. And if you haven't grown up eating it, <laughs> regardless of where you're from, it's what what are these super processed, perfectly round looking things that are speckled with what's, you know, supposedly prawn, but almost definitely isn't. It's just the most delicious fake food you can eat. Mm. And do you put them in soup or like just eat them out of the bag or? Yeah, I'll put them in soup. The, the actually the other most delicious thing I probably have in my freezer is chicken soup. So I'll, you know, good Jewish girl, always have to have that. On, on hand, um, so I'll do the, I'll often do Jewish chicken soup in so much as it was my Jewish grandma's recipe and family, but instead of matzo balls or canadla or any of the sort of um, things that you might put in there, I'll put like lemongrass and wolfberries <laughs> and fish balls and just whatever's lying around. Um, and I often have a whole range of dried mushrooms in the in the pantry as well and they're just so quick and easy to rehydrate like any of those fun, fungus like the black fungus in particular um which is so good to just chuck into a soup or into a stir fry um or just chopped up with sesame oil in a salad and it just adds such a good texture so uh, i'm a i'm a bit of like i'm i think my i'm not a great cook but probably my greatest skill set is assembly <laughs> 
based on what's around because I always have a few sort of what I consider staples or basics but what a lot of people just wouldn't consider their staples or basics so or in the past when I've lived with friends and housemates they're always just like what is this this is so <laughs> fancy and gourmet but no it's actually so much easier than all the stuff you cook <laughs> I'm just good at tasting and, and eating that's an underrated skill I reckon maybe maybe <laughs> I hope so <laughs> What is your favourite quick snack? It's got to be eggs. Just eggs are so easy. I feel like everyone who's ever been on your podcast talks about eggs for at least <laughs> 10 minutes. Uh, but they're just, they're the perfect food. They truly are. Um, and you can put anything with them. If you've got some nice bread hanging around, that's amazing. Rice, through soup, through noodles, for breakfast, for lunch, for dinner, for snack. They should be paying me, honestly. <laughs> the Australian Association of Eggs, or whatever it might be. We're in the pocket of Big Egg already. It's fine. Okay, I got it. <laughs> um, okay, uh, from eggs to something maybe slightly wilder, what is the wildest thing you've ever eaten? The wildest thing? Hmm. I think it, it probably depends on where you're from, what you consider wild, right? Yeah, true. Uh, but the, the thing that probably came up as having the biggest reaction would, would be bullet, which is the, the semi-formed embryo of a, a, a duck or, or chicken, usually duck, in, in its egg, um, which I've done in multiple countries, including Melbourne, Australia, because there are lots of uh little filipino places and suburbs that you can actually go and do that um and i think i must have put it somewhere on social media when i was traveling years ago it's in vietnam or somewhere it was so long ago um and tony cavallaro who's got t cavallaro and sons which is the best cannoli in melbourne in footscray still to this day will be like i can't believe you ate that thing mm. i can't believe it. i would never eat that thing and i'm adventurous and so that's top of mind. <laughs> um, but I, I love, I love, I mean, and I didn't enjoy it necessarily. It was an mm. experience. I didn't hate it. I didn't think it was disgusting. It just wasn't, you know, having little feathers in my mouth wasn't necessarily for me. <laughs> um, but I, I was watching your, your emu egg experiment <laughs> extravaganza and I was thinking, I love eggs and that's, that's a lot. I think just the, the mass of anything and, and eggs can be a funny one for me. Like if I'm, I'm super hungover. I do not want eggs. I still want the bacon, but I don't want anything to do with like delicious googiness. It just mm. makes me feel a bit awe. Mm. Um, and I think that I had a similar reaction watching all of that liquid flood out of that. Oh, yeah. Shell. It was a lot, wasn't it? it? It was just more the fact that the yolk and the white were combined for me. It was into a big glob of... Yeah, it was a lot. I didn't eat that whole frittata, let me just say. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, back to your fridge. What's the oldest thing in your fridge? <laughs> there'd, there'd be a condiment. There'd be a mustard that is so far past its use by day. Um, but I might actually be okay. Currently, I, I moved out of um, the most recent place I was living in. It would have been, in some, I don't know, second half of last year. Uh, and I had some friends helping me pack. And one dear friend was assigned to the fridge. And I said, anything that's that's more than a year out of date you can throw out, but don't you dare 
touch anything else. So I actually, <laughs> along with like a few a few possessions that I wanted to keep as I'm in between houses currently, um, I've got a whole lot of condiments in storage that I couldn't part with. <laughs> And she she packed them all into a box, bless her, trying trying to help um, into a few boxes. And they were it's it's like when you pack cookbooks or something really heavy, you need to put some sheets in there or some towels or something like. So so heavy that like the the hunkiest of moving men couldn't carry them down the stairs. So we had to actually take the condiments out and repack them. So somewhere in a taxi box in Melbourne. It's just, I can't even remember what I have. I'm so excited to get it out again, but I didn't want to start from scratch. <laughs> oh my God. That will be like Christmas, condiment Christmas. It will that. be. It will be. I mean, something's going to have leaked and I've probably ruined all my beautiful um, bed sheets, but I think it's worth it. Absolutely. Okay. Well, let's stay with condiments. Uh, and this is another hard one, but what is your favorite condiment if you had to choose? <laughs> um... And you do have to choose. <laughs> oh, do I now? <laughs> Are you going to kick me off? Is that what's going to happen? I do really use chili crisp oil like a spread, um, but that that is coming to mind as the one that I can't push out of my head as what could maybe be mm-hmm. a favourite. Yeah. Uh, but I'm quite disloyal to the actual chili crisp brand. I mean, there's the the angry auntie one that everyone loves, which is still delicious. I love the way. It, it like smokes as you open it. I don't know if that's just too much MSG or something, but it's so delicious. Um, but at the at the moment, I have a, a new favorite, uh, which is called Teens, T-E-A-N-S, uh, prawn chili crisp is what it's called. Uh, and I, I discovered it through my, my sister-in-law who's Taiwanese. And so her and my brother often um, have friends around or, or make hot pot and there are multiple jars of this in their house and it's just so good it's really quite it's spicy but it's really sweet at the same time it's not overly fishy it's just absolutely so tasty and real tablespoon eating kind of kind of vibe so that's my current favorite okay. if you if you had the condiment gun to my head which it feels like you do <laughs> that's what i choose um, i'm trying to think of what the condiment gun shoots like does it I guess it shoots chili crisp. Yeah. Yeah, in your eyes though. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are your um, favorite condiments? Is this a two-way interview? Can it be? Oh, it just became I one. Feel under, it? I feel under the pump, and now I want to know what yours are because I, I feel like they're going to be good. Yeah, I mean it's it's Lagon Ma for me. Yeah. Um, is is just the go-to, and yeah. Um, I've, my my son who's eleven, he started having peanut butter and Lagon Ma for on his toast for breakfast, so. And I'm like you, I'm not a big breakfast person, but when that's around, I'm just like, well, I better make some for me as well. So Peanut butter, celery, and any kind of chili crisp is a delicious snack. That's Yum. a real thing. Heck yes. Yum, so good. Well, I say it is, so. <laughs> and I, I do food for a living, so therefore yeah. it is. Yeah. There, yeah. Good. You're Take the authority. That. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Going to make that as soon as we get off this call. I have all yeah. those ingredients. <laughs> um, what's your favorite cookbook or recipe site? Do you know what? I'm not a huge abide by recipes and cookbooks kind of person. So I have a, a couple that I'll refer to, but I'm, I'm pretty produce and travel driven. So I'll come back from a trip having smuggled something into the country. That's obviously completely legal, <laughs> just to turn <laughs> phrase. Um, and 
want to try and recreate something that I've had while I've been away or Mm. use a new condiment or whatever it might be. Or if I'm shopping for a dinner party or to make someone something, I'll kind of just see what's good at the market. It sounds like such a tricky thing to say. I'll see what produce looks best, but I I really do. And 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 then go from there um, and then I'll Google sort of something that I might not know how to do or take a few different uh, steps or flavors from different recipes and just kind of combine them so I really do make stuff up um, I do definitely have to mention my dear friend Alice Zlatsky because I think her cookbooks are amazing um, her original one oh I mean she's done a, a few other things before that but her her Biggest, most recent one being In Praise of Veg. I just think it's phenomenal because, I don't know, that it, it sort of appeals to the way that I cook anyway. So if I'm going to a farmer's market and there's some particular type of beet or something that's really colourful and looks amazing, I'll buy it. And then that sort of reverse engineering of a recipe is something that her cookbook really enables you to do. And you don't have to be tied to using the whole thing for dinner. You can if you want. There are plenty of things in there that you can do. But you can also just put a pork shoulder on the side of it. (laughs) But you put as much effort into something that's really beautiful and veggie as whatever the protein is, which people still don't do enough. Mm, for sure and it's also really good for ingredientia research when it's organized by a vegetable there you go yeah and color it's right up your alley isn't it yeah it's really good um, so yeah i love hers i actually the the other one that I, I quite like and i believe it's just named after the the venue which has been around for a long time both the book and the venue is alimentari's cookbook because i love that sort of generous it's, uh, and also, i mean it's it's the melbourne version of ontolengi right all of those cookbooks are amazing um but it's interesting because i'm not as I'm saying this, I'm like, wow, I sound like one of those people, not that there's anything wrong with them, who's like veg, more veg focused eating, all of the veg. And I love vegetables, but I don't didn't particularly realise that I was less creative with them until this moment. <laughs> <laughs> but they're the ones that stand out for me. Um, I love an interesting salad because salad, I mean, salad gets a bad rap for a reason a lot of the time, which is because often it's really shit. <laughs> You know, it just might not be that interesting and it's easy to put together some lettuce and some rocket, but I love a hearty salad mm. or a warm salad, which which might just make it a salad. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love a salad with an egg in it. So, you know, getting back to eggs, but mm. yeah. Do you love an egg with a salad in it? <laughs> I haven't tried that yet. I need to. Uh... I think you could try it with a with a giant egg. <laughs> yeah, you guys yeah, need to know how to come into possession. Got, got any spare em. Or an um, egg salad. Yeah, which yeah. is well, I do else, love. Yeah. I do love an egg salad. <laughs> love egg salad. Um, okay, this is sometimes a bit of a controversial and hard question, um, and we're not sure that we can answer it. But <laughs> is there something that you want to eat but you never have? Oh, I'm sure there's lots, but I've just never uh, had the opportunity. I would like to eat some more things that might be considered by some people challenging, a lot of which you can find in Tokyo. So really keen to try some fish spell. <laughs> Apparently the texture is really interesting. Shirata, which is fish spell. Uh, I'd like to try that. It's apparently quite creamy, for lack of a better adjective. <laughs> um, there, there was a venue in Melbourne who was going to keep an eye out for me with their fishmonger. Apparently, it's a winter-only thing. 
Mm. Um, I'd quite like to try raw chicken. And again, something that needs to be prepared properly uh, and in Japan only, I'm pretty sure. All right. And last question, what is the next thing you'll probably eat? The next thing I'll probably eat, I'll have some sort of snack. But interestingly, I'm going tonight to Shannon Martinez's first steak night. Uh, Shannon Martinez, of course, being Melbourne's vegan poster girl. But she's, she's a good friend of mine, so I've had her cooking in a home setting before. And she's just so incredibly creative with how she makes things that are not meat um, taste like meat. And she uses all these uh, sort of dried proteins that you often find in an Asian grocer, just dried up with all the mushrooms. And she's just been working them for nearly a decade, if, if not more. And she just makes the most incredible stuff. So I'm really excited to try that. And as a meat eater, which I know she is also, see what it's like both in terms of texture and taste because there's only so much that grilling something perfectly can do. So that's the next exciting thing I'll eat. In between, probably an egg on rice again. <laughs> exactly what I had for dinner last night because I deliberately made extra rice. <laughs> That'll be lunch. <laughs> Maybe some papers on the side. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sophia, thank you so much for joining us on Ingredipedia Bites. It's been a pleasure talking eggs and capers with you. Uh, and we look forward to where you're going next, what you eat next, and, uh, and how, you, how you write it up and how you present it to us. It's always an absolute joy. Thank you. I can't wait to share it. That's it. If you want to hear more from Sophia, I highly recommend you sign up to her seasoned traveler newsletter. I've learned so much about food from that over the years. It's so generous and super interesting. Next week is our chickpea episode, so hummus fiends, get excited. This podcast was produced on the lands of the Wurundjeri and Wadawurrung people, and we pay our respects to their elders past and present.